Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN. And if you're listening to me, that means you uh, you chose me over playoff baseball, and uh, I will try not to let you down. Uh, <laughs> it is Tuesday. We were talking Social Security. I, I kind of want to move on to something else, but Norbert, Norbert, Norbert has been very um, patient in Grand Island, so we will let Norbert have the final say on Social Security. Norbert, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Great show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, I just wanted to make a, a comment to give a little bit of perspective, and that is when Social Security was established, the average lifespan was roughly 71 years old, which at a quote-unquote normal retirement age would mean that a person would be collecting probably seven years or so of Social Security. Well, the average life expectancy now is probably 81 or 82. So, So given that, a normal retirement age of age 65 really doesn't make sense anymore for a person to expect to collect 17 years of benefits. So I think the, the, cultural, um, the cultural definition of normal retirement at age 65 is not really realistic anymore. And people should probably consider that they not retire at 65, but closer to 75. And given, given health uh, and so forth, people are healthy enough that they really don't have to retire at age 65 as it was, you know, for our parents. Right. So as as the age expectancy goes up, so should the retirement age. Exactly. And it, and it has been doing that, but it's probably still not even keeping pace right. with life expectancy. And that causes another problem, and that is when, when you fund the system to assume that there's going to be seven to ten years of benefits being paid out, when in reality you're going to be paying maybe 17 to 20 years, the, the system cannot sustain itself without, you know, sizable increases in Social Security tax or by pushing the normal retirement age out. So there's, you know, a number of different things that come into play here. Um, but, I mean, I think it's a great system, but I think we need to be realistic based on you know, our ages and our life expectancies as well. Hey, Norbert, I appreciate it. Uh, what you said there at the end, uh, realistic and reasonable is all, all we're looking for, and uh, I believe that was both. I appreciate the call. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Norbert in Grand Island will be the final say on Social Security. But here's the thing. Social Security conversations, not go- that's never going to go away. You know, as I've been saying, 
I'm 34. I was a news nerd most of my life. I mean, I used to read the Hornell Tribune at uh, at a little side table in my in our house in Hornell and pretend I was hosting a newscast. Okay, I've always wanted to be in the media, and I've always had the perfect face for radio. Um, but you know, so I've always been reading news. I've always been up on current events, and it just seems the Social Security thing is always coming back. President Bush in 05 had the plan to partial privatize um, Social Security. It failed, but it, it's, it's, again, an indication that there have been times or there are people who don't believe it's a sustainable program. And you hear these stories every now and then, right? And just when you think you haven't heard anything about Social Security, uh, another story comes up. And if you go on Bloomberg, Fox News, uh, you know, Wall Street Journal, in the last few days, there's been talk about Social Security because of the checks going up. But then there's also been the opinions of how do we restructure this? You know, what is next with Social Security? Um, But I do appreciate the um, suggestions over the last two hours. Like I said, um, this would not have been anywhere close to as informative of a topic um, if we didn't have the calls and the text. And I am very grateful uh, for all the insight that the audience has put on this. I want to go to uh, another thing. Now, as you heard tonight, 7 o'clock right here on News Radio 930 WBEN, we'll be simulcasting the debate with Nick Langworthy and Max Delapia. Uh, Channel 4, our friends at Channel 4, uh, who, if you have Verizon, you're not watching right now, uh, have uh, have uh, let us simulcast that, and that will be simulcast right here at 7 o'clock, the Channel 4 debate with Nick Langworthy, Max Delapia, both of which have been on Hardline, and if you'd like to hear those interviews, you can find them at WBEN.com and on the Odyssey app. But it, it begs the question, and, and I do not want to this is not supposed to be a political segment, okay? So please don't take it that way. But does a debate really matter? Who out there does a debate really matter? Because anyone I ever talk to when it comes to a debate, when it comes to especially a presidential debate, they're watching just to make sure their guy didn't screw up. That's pretty much Right, Because politics have become a team sport, and we sit there and we cheer on our team. And it seems with debates, more people I know, they either watch it to make sure their person did okay, or they watch it so they can you know, tweet about the person they don't like on Twitter for three hours, and then blog about it on their blog that no one reads. Uh, but do you really care? Is anything ever learned at a debate? Is anyone out there right now on the edge of their chair... And tonight's debate might actually steer them one way or the other. Did your vote in 2020 depend on one of the two debates? Have you ever been influenced by a debate? Or is it nothing more than just a soundbite for a campaign to use? Now, as the, as, as the moderator, or uh, 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 the host of Hardline, and as someone who'd like to host a debate on Hardline, just because I think it would be huge for the show, and since my name's on the show, uh, I would like anything that would help the show. You know, so I would like to see that just for my personal benefit. But I can't imagine that 
even the independents that are out there, and unfortunately that independent number uh, seems to be shrinking more than, uh, the, you know, we talk about inflation. The number of independents really should be what are inflating, people getting out of their political parties and into the middle and actually not, you know, voting because of the party, but voting because of what the person's saying. But is there anyone out there that has been influenced by a debate? You know, on Friday, now we don't live in Georgia. Last time I checked, we live in New York State. On Friday, I saw a bunch of people tweeting about the Georgia debate, which, and these people all lived in New York State. Again, completely ridiculous. We don't live in Georgia. What, do you, uh, what are you doing on a Friday night of all, of all time? But they were talking about the debate. And, you know, maybe it's just the people I talk with when, when it comes to a political conversation, which is rare. But maybe it's just the people. Most people either make up their minds by listening to the candidates speak, read their platforms. A lot of people just vote for them because of the party they're associated with, which, you know, isn't the way you're supposed to vote. But is there anyone out there? I want to know at 803-0930. I sound like a, a host. I hear Bowerly do that all the time. Uh, so I won't, I won't do it. But I want the, is there a time where a debate has changed your mind? Or a debate has has put you in the camp of one candidate or the other. Now, the only time I can think that maybe a debate helps are primary debates within a party that you are associated with. And, you know, again, you can say something about having 18 people on a stage. How, uh, how helpful is that? Maybe that's a time where you are actually listening to all the candidates. But in this divided political climate we are in now. And again, and people are going to get mad at me for saying it, but it's true. Politics have become a team sport. You cheer on your party. That's all you do, right? A majority of people, even though if we were honest with ourselves, a majority of us would be independents like Tulsi Gabbard. But instead we cheer on our team. We, we you know, oh, we, we, it, it's, it's, a, it's a team sport. Politics has turned into a team sport, which is awful. But I can't imagine that many people are going to be influenced by a debate. Now, that's not to say don't listen to the debate tonight. But I would argue that more people listen to a debate to cheer on their candidate more than they do to be influenced on who to vote for. Am I right? Am I wrong? Anyone want to challenge me on that or just tell me I'm right? 803-0930, star 930. It's just something that I've been thinking a lot about. You know, I, um, I've watched almost every presidential debate. I want to say from 2000 on, but I probably watched one in 96. It was always, you know, it was always on in my parents' house. Um, but you know what? If I'm honest with myself, I've gone into every presidential debate knowing who I was going to vote for. Really wasn't influenced. Just wanted to make sure that the candidate didn't make a you-know-what of themselves. I don't think I've ever been influenced by a debate. I don't think I've ever been surprised by a politician's stance. Especially nowadays when everything's on social media. What are you learning about a candidate at a debate that you didn't see on their social media? That you didn't see by a camera being shoved in their face? 
maybe I'm way off here. Maybe there's a lot of people that, you know, tonight their vote's up for grabs and they're going to turn on the uh, debate and whoever has the better performance might get their vote. It is Beamer in for Bowerly asking you the simple question, do debate... I don't know why Bill de Blasio almost, uh, I almost said, but do debates influence your vote? 803-0930, star 930. And have politics become a team sport? That's all I see. I see people just rooting for their party instead of rooting for, you know, policy or rooting for this or that. No, if that candidate has my party next to their name, that's who I'm voting for. When again, I think if we were all honest with ourselves, We'd all be more independent than associated with the party. Chris in West Seneca. Hey, Chris, thanks for calling in. Ah, thanks for having me. So I voted Democrat straight for 26 years until 2014. I switched to independent. Um, and then I was leaning more the right Republican. But Pete uh, Buttigieg, during the debate in 2020... He almost pulled me back. I thought he was great um, during the debates. And then he said some things after the debates, uh, some of his policies and stuff I looked up, I was not aligning with, so I didn't vote for him. But so in that case, the debate almost did swing me, I guess you could say. So, Chris, what was it about the performance at the debate that that at least made you think about a different candidate? Well, at the debate, he seemed very, like, even keel, very level, like you said, independent. Um, he, nobody really fits into a party. Um, but like you said, we root for our team now. But he was saying stuff in the debate that was sitting home with me, you know, family, work hard, um, you know, kind of conservative things. But then his his um, stance on many issues was totally um, liberal. So it... But his debate, his debate performance did make you go and actually look into him a little more. Correct. All right. So, Chris, uh, the first call proves uh, proves me wrong. Chris, I appreciate the call. All right. Thanks. Have Thank a good you. One. Chris in West Seneca opens the line for you, 803-0930. So, Chris, you know, viewing, watching the debates actually was influenced enough to go look more about this candidate. And that was, again, in a primary debate. And if it's going to happen, I would agree with Chris that that happens in a primary debate. But we have a debate tonight. Nick Langworthy, Max Delapia. Would this debate influence you? Have you had in the past, like Chris, a debate that made you at least go and consider a different candidate? 803-0930, star 930 is the number to get on. Let's go to Walter in Lewiston. Hey, Walter. Yes, thank you for taking my call. Thanks for calling in. Uh, I, pardon? I said thanks for calling in. Oh well, I'm, I'm I'm concerned because people are voting for the parties. People are voting for other things. I vote for the person or the candidate that represents what I understand to be good. I don't care what party they come from, as long as they understand the issues. Now I sometimes go to elections and don't vote for any parties because they don't represent what I understand. I will um, vote for their propositions and so forth, but I don't think they understand that I am there to vote for the best of my interest. If they don't represent any of my interests and they're on a sideline, 
I won't vote for them. I don't vote for the lesser of the evil. People say best vote for the lesser of the two evils and so forth. I just don't vote for evil. Yeah. I don't care what party you are. I'm not going to vote for evil. Walter, so I, I, I don't vote for them. I, I agree with you. you know, when people say vote for the lesser of two evils, I, I say you tell me we couldn't get a better candidate. I think we should have a, a, a slot there saying just that. Get a better candidate. I don't understand any of these candidates. I don't trust any of these candidates. We need another candidate. I think there should be a vote there saying get another candidate. I, Walter, I would support that 100%, and I'd probably fill that bubble in more times than not. Walter, I appreciate the call. Walter in Lewiston opens a line for you. 803-0930 is the number to get on. It's also the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board number. And uh, this is always interesting to me, not to go off topic uh, to end out this segment. Always interesting to me when people on the text board want to criticize you for something you said yesterday. If you had a problem with it yesterday, you should have texted it in yesterday. I mean, I'm sorry. Once midnight, uh, once midnight rolls around and we go to a new day, you are not allowed to text about uh, yesterday's events. No, I'm kidding, of course. But you know, I did promise that we were going to do a show or at least a segment of a show on uh, criticisms of Joe Beamer. We never got to that show. So, Josh, one of these days we have to get to that show. People telling me what they dislike about me. Instead of just doing it random parts of the show, just pick a segment where everyone can just unload on the text board, calling in, not just tell you to tell me, put them on hold. I think we should actually do that for everyone here. I think, you know, uh, we all, everyone here at WBEN should sit in the studio for an hour-long show where people call in and criticize the hosts on WBEN. The roast of Joe Beamer. Well, I think the roast of WBEN. And no, then we I, can, if, we're, if we're doing you, I'm going to need a whole segment myself. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> Kick things off, Josh. What, what, what would the first roast be? Oh, boy. See, it's not uh, that easy. You put me on the spot here. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. It's Beamer in for Bowerly. One day only. Don't worry. One day only. Tom will be back tomorrow here on WBEN. You know, I always just laugh. And this happens every political season. Uh, (laughs) I always laugh at these political ads. I just saw one during the break. Or, you know, be better. Uh, You know, get better. Um, We're better than... Can we just say that there are people on both sides of the political aisle, I don't care if you're in the, on the right or on the left, that has social media bullies on their side. I mean, it, it, you see this all the time. Believe me, I have been, uh, I have been the uh, subject of many attacks of political, I call them political trolls, political bullies on Twitter. And I can't imagine, but they're on both sides of the aisle. This happens. But it always, I find it humorous when it's one of those, you know, bullies or trolls on one side of the aisle that then their reaction is be better, do better. It's like, have you ever gone through your replies? Because if someone saw that ad and then saw the things you say or the names you call people, believe me, the option that you're proposing is not better, especially if you're putting your name on it. it, it, it it's, I don't know. It, it, every uh, election season, you, you have people that have said some of the most vile things, then claiming, oh, well, we're doing this uh, in, in, the, in the words of, in the name of uh, being better. Really? You wrote that blog in the name of being better? <laughs> it's, it's preposterous. It really is. Here's the thing. Guess what? It's politics. And we have mean people on both sides. We have trolls on both sides. And that's just how it is. And just admit it. You write a blog, you're, you're probably a political troll. I'm just saying. Um, 
I had to say that. I saw something during the break that made me laugh, and then I thought I would share it with the audience. Um, I saw something today. I actually saw two things today that I'm telling you what, I would never, ever, ever do. And you're probably saying, Joe, what the heck are you talking about? I saw two things today. I'm not a thrill seeker, okay? I'm not. I like to have fun. I like to enjoy myself. I Believe me, I like to uh, live it up, okay? I might have used the expression YOLO several times in the last week. But there are certain things that I just can't bring myself to do. And you have people who are thrill seekers, but then you just have other things that make me question the lack of questioning when people get on these. For example, today I saw a tweet about a huge airplane taking off. A huge airplane. uh, It looked like a whale take off. And I'm thinking, I don't think I could ever get on that plane. You know, I get nervous when I see those double-decker planes, those international planes. I go, that is way too big. I mean, this is someone who, hey, don't get me wrong. I love to fly. I love to travel. But when, when you're in Vegas, you ever notice this when you're in a, uh, somewhere like Vegas where it's really warm? It takes the plane till the end of the runway to finally take off. And I'm the kind of person who's looking out the window like, are we going to take off? What, is this plane going to take off? That's, that's me. I can't imagine if I was on this whale-shaped plane that looks like it's about four planes in one. I just don't think I could ever bring myself to get on that plane. And then I see another story about a gentleman who built a plane for his family in his backyard. Now, I'm sure he's a very smart, intelligent person. I'm sure he knows what he's doing. But I'm going to tell you right now, I would not be able to bring myself to get on that airplane. That's that's just, you built this in your backyard? I, I don't think, I don't think this is for me. I don't know if I could trust that. Now, it doesn't make any sense because you don't know. Maybe this guy is, maybe this guy is very smart. He's in plane engineering. Um, but I'll tell you right now, um, you know, I love my father to death. I think my father's a very smart guy. If my dad said, hey, I built a plane in the backyard, I'll tell you right now, I'm not jumping on that. I'm not getting on that plane. Um, So it's stuff like this that always amazes me that people will get on, will jump on that plane with no questions. By the way, um, this was in the, uh, the UK where this guy built a plane in his backyard. He got his private pilot license in 2019 and uh, constructed this plane in his backyard, which, again, a very smart guy. He's able to put this plane together. I'm not flying on that plane. It would be very difficult to get me on any kind of small plane. I just, you hear too much. But I know there's a lot of, um, you know, good pilots out there, some excellent pilots out there that can fly. And, and I'm sure if that's you and you've got your plane, um, you feel very safe because you're the one flying it. So those are two things that I saw today and I said, ah, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I, you know, if if Josh got his pilot's license and said, hey, um, I'm going on a flight. You want to come with me? I don't think I could, Josh. Sorry. Nothing against you. I don't think I could get on a small three-person prop plane. You know, I 
I'm, I'm very interesting because I won't get on that huge plane that I talked about, but I also won't get on a very small plane. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just want a, 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 a normal plane, a normal, you know, commercial plane, and I'm fine. To be honest, I wouldn't get on a plane that I was flying, so. See, I wouldn't get on a plane that I was flying. But it also makes me think of thrill seekers, and I was asking you this during the break. You have... People that will jump out of planes. I have a friend, one of my best friends in the world. You know, I would, you know, do anything he asked me to except jump out of a plane with him. I won't do it. He loves doing it. He gets some awesome videos. I enjoy watching the videos once I know that he has safely um, made it, right? But I just, I could never do that. You know, but people do that all the time. They, 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 they seek this thrill. That's why they're called thrill seekers, get it? Um... You've got that. You've got people that bungee jump over the weekend. Uh, Brian told the story on the on uh, a new morning about the bridge, the uh, New River Gorge that closed on Route 19. Uh, my dad and I, by the way, had to wait. I had to wake up at 450. Or I'm sorry, I had to hit the road at 450 in the morning from Clarksburg just to get over the bridge so we wouldn't have a delayed arrival to Blacksburg, Virginia, for the Tech game. Um, and. People, they close the bridge because people go. It's the, the largest single-day event. But people will bungee jump off that bridge. That's one of the things. You can walk over the bridge, but you can also bungee jump. I, I don't think I could ever do that. There's also the other thing, and Josh, you're going to have to help me with the uh, name here. There's the other thing where you um, you, you spread your arms and... Uh, the, like like the flying squirrel suits where yeah. like, they have like yes. the flaps under their arms? Yes. Yeah. I, I, know, I know what you're talking about. I don't know what it's called, though. I could never do that. No. I could never. Same with like parasailing or like uh, the the things with the like where you jump off a cliff with like one of the big kites. And yes. You're holding like no, no way. Yeah. Parasailing is that when you you're on the back of the boat, but you're... yeah, parasail. Yeah, that's yeah. what parasailing is. But then there's the ones where you're holding like the glider. I think that's paragliding. I mean, this that is coming from someone who's also gets really nervous to jump off a diving board. Okay, when I was a kid. I would get to the end of the diving board and then crawl back because I was too scared to jump. And I have nothing wrong with the pool. It's the jumping. But here's the thing. I love the Mighty Racer. It's my favorite roller coaster. I bring that up all the time on the air. The Viper at Darien Lake, roller coasters, love them. But you tie a string to me, I don't want to jump. I don't want to do the... the... So I want to ask you at 803-0930, do we have any thrill seekers in the audience? And what is... Your thrill? Do you like to jump out of planes? It, how do you get to that point? Because I don't, I think I have too much. I don't think my body would ever let me do it. I don't think my body would ever let me jump out of an airplane. You know, I think I would just stand there and look, stand there and look, and then go back on the plane. I don't think I could ever do it. Same with bungee jumping. You could have me all tied up, ready to go. I don't think I'm jumping over that bridge. I don't think I can do it. Another one's uh, rock climbing, mountain climbing, right? You get me, a, you know, they used to have that wall at Galleons at the uh, Galleria. Okay. Um, I could probably go halfway up that, and then I'd look down, and I'm like, oh, no, I got to get down. I got to get down. And also because you're tied on by someone, a tie that someone else did. So you have to trust that person that ties it. See, my, my, my thing's always been once I do it once, I'm fine. Like if I do something like like jumping off a diving board or riding a roller coaster, I'm good to do it again. But I hate heights. 
Okay. So it's it's hard for me but to you hate like heights, but you'll get on a roller coaster. Well, I'll get you'll on fly. a roller coaster, but it's it's hard it's hard to do the whole like it's the anticipation of waiting in line, like looking at oh my god, here we go, we're gonna go up this big thing, and then and then it's over like that, and I'm like oh like that was actually pretty good, like I'm gonna do that again now because I enjoyed it and I know yeah. it's safe. I think it's a mental thing for me because like once I like I said once I do it, I'm fine. So it's a wingsuit, by the way. It's a wingsuit. Um, that is the, uh, what it's called when you, you, you know, jump off the mountain and you kind of glide down. 803 star 930. I want to know from you, do you have a, do you jump out of airplanes? Do you bungee jump off of bridges? Is there something you've done that most people would think, well, that's some daredevil stuff right there. Because if so, I'd like to hear your story and I'd like to hear how you mentally prepare for that. And maybe that's what I'm missing, the mental the mental prepare. Because let's be let's be honest, there have been accidents on roller coasters, but I don't think twice about getting on a roller coaster. Um, there have, as we know, there have been, you know, there have been accidents driving. I drive every day. There have been accidents in planes. I get on planes. I like to travel. But the idea of my life depending on a parachute, I just don't know if I'm there. 803-0930, star 930, that's the number to get on. I'd like to know, are you a thrill seeker? Tell me something you've done, some daredevil stuff that you've done that most people would, would even cringe at the idea. I'd like to know. One day only, Tom will be back here tomorrow at 2 o'clock asking you if you are uh, a thrill seeker and if there's any kind of stuff you've done that I would call daredevil. Right? Maybe you're not Nick Walinda. Maybe you're not uh, walking the tightrope uh, across the falls, but maybe you are parachuting, uh, bungee jumping. Maybe something I can't think of right now. 8030930, star 930, Dominic in Rochester. Dominic, thanks for calling in. Joe, man, I love you. I called you a couple times over the past couple years. Man, you're the right man for the job. I appreciate that, Dominic. Thanks. I always look forward to when you're on. When I know you're on, man, I look forward to it. Um, I was in the Marine Corps in the 70s, and I went through Army Airborne School. And my first jump, I, uh, I accidentally put my shoulder strap over the wrong shoulder, my, my, uh, my uh, uh, static line. And when I went out the door, I tripped. So I didn't go out feet first. I did a tumble, and I actually saw the of the the, the bottom of the airplane as as I was jump as I was falling out of it, and that that was kind of that was kind of interesting. Oh my gosh! And so then, how did you safely make it down if you were tumbling out of the plane? Oh, uh, because the jump master, what he did was he yanked my static line to turn me around. Because you, you know you're supposed to go out feet first, you know, stand up, hook up, shuffle shuffle to the door, take that step, and count to four. If my main don't open wide, I got another one by my side. If that one don't open round, I'll be the first jumper on the ground. I said that, I, I sang that to myself a million times before I stepped out the door, but then I tripped. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> See, now, right there, I, I don't know if I'd ever make it, make it down to the ground because I think that, you know, uh, my heart might, uh, might be stopping. I was scared. I was scared, literally just about crap in my pants but uh, a while later another about another year later i'm in japan and i'm on a i'm on a helicopter 
going from the cold weather training base at Fujiyama to Tokyo for some time off. But I had to get back to the base that night, uh, you know, because I was on watch. And I was in a CH-46 helicopter, and it had uh, internal bladders of extra fuel on the inside. And we're up about 10,000 feet. All of a sudden, both engines quit. And it was, in, it was in the winter, and it was over the mountains of Japan. And the engines just quit. And the crew chiefs were trying, scurrying, trying to get the thing to turn over again, but they were trying to keep the rotor blades turning. And we were all starting to float around, you know, like that like that NASA thing? You know that? Oh, yeah. That the, the, well, that's what happened to us. We're starting to float around in this thing, and it's, it's sinking like a rock. And we're all looking at each other. Everybody had the same expression like, holy crap, this is it. I'm done. Oh, my gosh. And uh, But then they kept the rotors turning. They got the engines back on. I got back to Fujiyama, and I told the watch officer, I said, hey, Captain, uh, this chopper right here almost crashed. We think you ought to do something, to, you know, have him grounded or something. He told me to just get to my post and, and carry on with my duties. Well, that, that chopper crashed that night. Oh. Killed four people. Oh, my gosh. So I was like, I was kissing every bit of myself in the ground, thanking God that I, I, I was, you know, I was one of the last people that got off of it before it, you know, before it was done. Dominic, oh my, now, let me ask you. So, you know, you've, you had a parachute for uh, the Marines. You had, you were in that plane. Would you go parachuting again just for uh, an activity? Here's the thing. Um, I, w- I, I would not free fall uh, with just a standard shoot. And I don't understand how anybody jumps with only one shoot. We, we always jump with two military static line jumps. You, you, you know, you got an extra parachute. And, uh, but uh, every time I get on an airplane and travel somewhere, I always think to myself, why am I on this thing without a doggone parachute? So, you know, I, I hate to fly when I don't, when I can't strap one on, you know, but. Uh, Dominic, I'll tell you, uh, I'm so glad you called in because those are way above the thrill stories I was thinking of. But thank you for calling in. And more importantly, Dominic, thank you for your service. All right, Joe, you, you drive on, man. You, you, you do a great show, I'm telling you. And, and, and your, bumper, your bumper music is cool. And uh, uh, what I like is that you're, you're free with topics. The other people get stuck on an idea, man. I love it when you get, when you get on and you let us go with a topic. All right, Dominic, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Dominic in Rochester opens the line for you at 803-0930. I have to address this. Bowerly asked if I would get in a plane with him. And I know Bowerly's been doing a lot of uh, training. You know what, Tom? I mean, I, you have to realize, I've, I worked with Tom. I worked on Tom's show before anyone knew who I was. I worked with Tom longer than I worked with anyone on this station. So you know what? Tom, you can fly me anywhere. I will, I will, Tom is the exception. I will get on. Uh, Tom can fly. I will definitely be a passenger. Like I said, I, I owe it to him. I, I was either Tom's call screener and then his producer for about five years. Uh, so, and that's before then I, you know, I, I went into retail, huge mistake and came back, but now I was with Tom, uh, for five consecutive years. Yeah, Tom, I will, I will definitely, uh, I'll be your passenger if, if that's, uh, if that's an option. 803-0930, star 930, thrill seekers talking to you after this. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.